Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series titled The Way of the Cross. Pastor Gershom shares with us today on how this way is one of impactful influence. As we listen to the word, let's allow God to speak to our hearts and challenge our minds. Even as we've started this new series, The Way of the Cross, we are so excited that uh, we get to uh, study and dwell more deeper into God's word. The way of the cross is not easy. It is tough. The life that God's calling us uh, to travel on is uh, oftentimes going to be lonely. But he's uh, proved time and again that he's going to be with us. And even as we've seen in the first part, we saw in the first part that we need to move forward in this journey. We can't stay still. Neither can we go back. And oftentimes this road that we are called to travel on is not going to be broad enough. It's going to be small. It's going to be really um, narrow for us to travel in. For a lot of us who love driving cars, who love, uh, you know, road trips, we love the journey on the highways. In fact, the journey climbing up a mountain or the journey going into some remote place is the toughest. One, we don't know the direction. Second, we are hesitant not knowing what the quality of the road is. And oftentimes, uh, when we are traveling to these uh, remote locations, the bumps, there are no roads, you know, and suddenly uh, you just have to take a lot of decisions on the way. And most of our journey in uh, following Jesus Christ is going to be like that, where we won't know what to expect. We have one person who's right there with us through and through the journey, and he's promised to be with us. We saw that he's going to be the way maker, and he is the way. And so can we have a focus on Jesus and look into the second part of the series? The second part, I have titled it as the way of impactful influence. A lot of us have influence, but how many of us know whether it's impactful? And uh, stepping away from what the world describes as influence, we're going to talk and look into the Bible and see what does influence look like. There is an impactful influence we see when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles. There is an impactful influence on all those who made their decision to follow Jesus Christ. So today I would ask us that even as we dwell deeper, that the Holy Spirit would speak to us, would minister to us, so that we'll be in this world and we'll be able to have that impactful influence so that at the end of it, people are changed not because of us, but because of who is within us. And for the reference, for our passage to start with, I've taken from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, and I'm reading from the message version and it goes on to say, Are you tired, worn out? Burnt out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Even as we read this verse, I'm going to highlight on this uh, particular sentence which says unforced rhythms of grace rhythms of grace when you start following Jesus there is a rhythm where you start experiencing his grace every day 
you know, in every situation that you walk into. You in fact start relying on him more. And that's where prayer kind of like gets birthed out. You start developing this uh, communion with him where you start interceding and praying over everything. And for that to happen in the beginning, it kind of like, you know, you'll time and again hear people say, you know what, have you read your Bible? You'll time and again be asked also, why don't you be part of prayer? Why don't you be part of this intercession? And somewhere down the line, we all think that we are forced into it. But God's calling us, hey, you know, you need to get into this zone of enjoying these rhythms of grace in an unforced way. Uh, I know how many of you have been part of a band, but when you're in part of a band, you're required to play with the time signature of everyone. In fact, there's a metronome click so that all of us are in sync. And then the song is set to a particular time signature. Uh, as we start off, you learn the basic time signatures as 2, 4, 3, 4, 4, 4. And then it goes, uh, you know, to complicated ones from 6, 8 to 7, 4 to uh, 10, 4 and go, goes on like that. And for a band to have that kind of a unison, rhythm in itself is forced. For example, if you see a dance routine, they are all in sync. They all are doing everything at the same time because they are forced into a rhythm. But today God's kind of calling us to say, hey, I don't want you to be forced into a rhythm of worshipping me. I don't want you to think in your head, okay, worship is just for five minutes. Or reading the Bible passage is just left to worse of the day. No. Can God move through that? God can still move through that. But the minute we want to draw closer to him, the minute we want to step into that place of having that intimacy with him, the where we want to listen to his voice, where we want to draw closer to him, we need to have this unforced rhythms of grace. And this unforced rhythms of grace is so beautiful because uh, it's, it's contrary. Rhythms of grace means there has to be some form of forced, structured, everything. But unforced means just to say, God, I'm here and I'm just relying on you. And automatically what happens is time and again, every day, every week, every year, you start loving his presence. You start dwelling deeper into his word. In fact, the word that you constantly keep reading comes to life again and again. It's interesting. Every year we all tend to start 365-day Bible plans or we start reading the Bible and we come across some passages which you've read the previous year. But the revelation that God gives, the conviction that that word brings at that season, at that day, is entirely different. And that's because of an unforced rhythm of grace. And so today God's calling you, if you want to have this impactful influence, you need to exhibit this unforced rhythm of grace. Because anything that's forced will eventually break at some point. You know? And so God's saying, can you come to this place where you'll enjoy me? Where you'll dwell deeper? And so this season of Lent that we are in is a season where we don't force ourselves into, you know, saying I'm going to follow Jesus. No. It's a place where you're going to say, I'm going to strip away things which distract me the most. I'm going to give up on things that I give more importance to than God. I'm going to reorder in my head who God is and I'm going to give him priority. I'm going to flag him and say, this is important for me. This is important for my eternity.
And so, as we saw, the way of the cross requires us to be part of the way and the way is the narrow way. And so in this way, we are going to see how we can have an impactful influence. And the first thing that we're going to see is to uh, step out in vulnerability. That's right. You heard me say the first thing that we have to do is to step out in vulnerability. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 10 verses 1 to 4 from the Passion Translation. And it goes on to say, After this, the Lord Jesus formed 35 teams among the other disciples. Each team was two disciples, 70 in all. And he commissioned them to go ahead of him into every town he was about to visit. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge and ripe but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to drive out into the harvest fields many more workers. Now off you go. I'm sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. You don't need anything with you. Trust in God alone and don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you meet along the way. Reading verse 3 again, it goes on to say, Now off you go, I am sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. It's interesting, Jesus in Luke 9 sends uh, his 12 disciples out. Uh, over the span of three and a half years where Jesus was doing ministry, he impacted uh, his disciples and many more uh, into following and actually exhibiting and doing things in his name. In the name of Jesus. And here he's sending a team of uh, 35 consisting of two each in each team. And as he sends them, he tells them you're going to go into a zone. It's typically a war zone. He says it's like sending vulnerable lambs into a pack of wolves. And I don't know how many of you have seen uh, the great escapes that you get to see uh, which discovery and natural geography get to highlight time and again. It's a scary thought. It's a scary thought to realize that we'll be amongst a pack of wolves. And when we think about it, our Christian walk is like that. We are not in many. We in fact are the few. And so when we go into this world, we are going out as vulnerable as we can be out into this world. The pack of wolves that we get to see today in our own lives is culture, is uh, sometimes people being used. And oftentimes we need to realize our fight and our battle is beyond this. It's in the spiritual realms where we need to ask God to fight our battle for us. Even before we go further, I would like to read the meaning of vulnerable. It means exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. There's another meaning for vulnerability where we kind of like open ourselves and we pour ourselves out uh, in a safe zone where we know that we'll be heard, that we'll be taken care of. But here at this point, it means that we are exposed to the possibility of harm and danger. And the reason why uh, we need to be vulnerable and allow ourselves to be in that position is so that We'll only trust God alone. I love what it says as we read in Luke chapter 10 verse 4. It says, you won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone and don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you meet along the way. 
So even as we read here, it says you don't need to take anything. I'm going to read the same verse from the Amplified Version because a lot of us kind of like, um, you know, we brush aside when it says you don't need anything. And I'm going to be, it's very specific in the Amplified. It says, do not carry a money belt, a provision bag, or extra sandals. And do not greet anyone along the way who would delay you. It can't get any specific than that. Money belt, provision bag, extra sandals. But it also goes on to say, don't greet anyone along the way. In fact, I think that's for me personally. I would love meeting someone and just, you know, chilling out and talking along the way, even if it means I'm delaying something else. But today, in this road, in this narrow road that God's calling us, when he's saying, can you be vulnerable? Are we willing to be vulnerable and trust God alone? Trust God, A-L-O-N-E in caps, alone. It's difficult. Because today, when the way of the cross, the pressure for us is sometimes we are comfortable with certain things that we have. For some of us, it could be the comfort of knowing that we have some amount of a bank balance, our money belt. For some of us, it might be a provision bag or it could be our jobs. It could be um, the safety net of, you know, the thing that we've built with our own hands. And for some of us as sandals, it could be our home. It's, it can be the covering that we have. It could be the, you know, the, 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 the love of family that we love so much or the love of friends that we care about so much. But God's saying, hey, if you want to be in this narrow road and you want to have an impactful impact, will you be vulnerable and trust me alone? But you're going to say, Geshom, it's really tough to trust God in this day and age. Yes, it is tough. In fact, Paul goes on to advise Timothy. He says in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, we're going to read, it says, But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families they will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to the desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent, haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint. Bigoted and warped in clouds of their conceit, they will find their delight in the pleasures of the world more than the pleasures of loving God. People will be self-centered, Lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. Today, self-centered is in the culture of just our social media. It's all about us. Today, they will boast of things. Today, if there's anything that we take pride in, it's in our bios that we write. Of who we are, what we can do, the stories that we share. It goes on to say they'll ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. And today, it's tough in this world that we are living in that this is the culture that's around us. This is the culture that was around 2,000 years back when Paul was doing ministry. And he advises Timothy saying, Timothy, guard yourself. 
If you want to stick to the narrow road, you need to be clear that this is the culture. We have to be different. Verse 3 says, they'll become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Today, you don't have to go outside and talk to people to actually get bad comments or have people run you down. All it takes for you is to engage within a post and write your opinion. And so today, people's opinions weigh so much and control people. But God's calling you, hey, what is the truth that you're willing to believe? So even as Paul is talking to Timothy, he tells him, hey, this is the culture of the land. This is what the culture of the people are at this point. So how do you navigate yourselves? How do you stick to the narrow road? And how do you be vulnerable? And how do you trust God alone? You need to have a base. You need to have something that you can go to. A voice that will kind of be your plumb line. The voice that will kind of be the base in which you can rest your journey on. And this is what he says in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration of, to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in the conformity to God's will both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. He goes on to say the only thing that can be your base is the word of God. Because the word of God is what has life. The word of God is what will convict you. The word of God is what will be in your heart and in your mouth when you are going through troubled times. When you're in the midst of opposition and when people are questioning your faith, when people are saying, hey, what is this God that you're believing in? Why are you not indulging in what we are indulging with, you will have the right words to tell them. To the people who are hurting outside, you will have words of comfort. You will be able to experience love and show love in return because you have been recipients of it from Jesus. And this comes only when you dwell deep into God's word. All scripture, all the 66 books, everything that we read time and again called the Bible, has God in it. And it's given life through God. In fact, the Holy Spirit gave inspiration to each author to write it down. You want to test the Bible? Test it out. Speak scripture over your life and see what happens. Speak scripture over your situation and see what happens. Speak scripture over your family and see what happens. So today, even in this narrow road, a lot of us feel alone. A lot of us feel, God, I'm in this pack of wolves. I'm so scared. I'm trembling. Go back to his word. Read his word. Every day, meditate on his word. It says that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. Which means everything that I believe, everything that I think time and again, Lord, let it be acceptable is what the psalmist says. So can we ask God, God, in this narrow road, can your word be something that accompanies me. So that even as I'm vulnerable always, because without being vulnerable, what happens is we'll start trusting so many things around us. So many things within us, our own capabilities, our human strength. But God's saying you need to be vulnerable so that you can trust in me alone. And for that trust to be fed on every day, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to guard you, you need the word of God. Because it's God 
breathed. And I would love today for all of us to make that decision. Saying, God, I don't want to, you know, keep another podcast, another video sermon, or another person who I just listen to on WhatsApp as my plumb line or as, as my solid rock. No, I'm going to keep the word of God. So that in times when I'm doubting, your word is what encourages me and holds me down like an anchor in the midst of storm. The second point I would like for us to look that even as we are in this journey to create an impactful influence is that we need to understand that we are valued along the way. We are valuable. God values us. I'm reading from Luke chapter 12 verses 6 to 9 and it goes on to say, What is the value of your soul to God? Could your worth be defined by an amount of money? God doesn't abandon or forget even the small sparrow he has made. How then could he forget or abandon you? What about the seemingly minor issues of your life? Do they matter to God? Of course they do. So you never need to worry for you are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. Verse 8, I can assure you of this. If you don't hold back, but freely declare in public that I am the Son of Man, the Messiah, I will freely declare to all the angels of God that you are mine. Verse 9, it goes on to say, But if you publicly pretend that you don't know me, I will deny you before the angels of God. As we journey on in the way, and as we want to create this impactful influence, we need to understand that we are valued. A lot of us today um, struggle to value our own self because we uh, innately, I think uh, the more we think about our own selves, the, the wrong that we have done always outweighs the good that we have within us. And oftentimes we feel inadequate. We feel we are not uh, you know, worthy enough to be loved by God. But that's the beauty when we receive his grace and when we have him within us, we are valuable. And uh, even as I was preparing, it was time and again, I felt God was ministering to me to say, hey, your value doesn't come in the things that you do. Your value doesn't come from the things you surround yourself with. Your value comes because of who I have called you to be. And just imagine this, he is the creator. He is God. And so he's placed a value on each and every one of our lives. And that's why we uh, take time in this Lent season to look through and say, God, you came down to earth. You walked where we are walking. You, you know, you, you lived among us. And we want to live this way of life that you live down here. How is it that we can live? What is it that we can, uh, we need to give up so that we can have more of you in our lives? And one of that is to understand that we are of value. Uh, the meaning of value goes on to say, the regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. So today, um, we might be thinking, you know, uh, our worth oftentimes is dictated by uh, the jobs that we have, the families that we run, the, the way we bring up our kids. But honestly, our worth only comes from God because he is the one who created us. And in this journey, yes, it's a narrow journey. It's alone. 
It's in fact uh, alone in the sense we are asked to travel. So as a family, even as you travel, we all personally, as hus- as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, each of us individually should know that we are valued. Even as we just read that God cares for the sparrows, He also cares for each and every one of you. So today I want us to be reminded: if you haven't felt that you're valued at all, if you felt that you know what you've been striving so long so that people would recognize you and value you, your your loved ones would value you. First, let's just stop there and say, God, I thank you that you value me. You are the important person who I should acknowledge. and i thank you that i am valuable to you and even as we are on this journey are the things that we possess of value often times dictate that we are valuable the people that we are surrounding ourselves with will often dictate you know we are valuable all that will come crashing down if we do not realize that god is the one who values us more than anything there's a unique value which we all have with god and the reason why i want to stress on this is the fact that because god has two characteristics when he values us the one thing is he's consistent his value doesn't change it's not like a stock market fluctuation our value is not dependent on our situation and the circumstances that are around but to god we are valuable and it's beautifully said in psalm 139 where the psalmist says every single moment you are thinking of me how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought oh god your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore when i awake each morning you're still with me god values each and every one so much you know we we always are competitive to know okay what is the value of the other person in front of god says we are all equal in god's eyes he's created us equally but we are valued to such high an extent that we don't even know what it is i'm going to read from first peter chapter 1 verse 17 onwards it goes on to say so you call on him as your heavenly father the impartial judge who judges according to each one's work live each day with holy awe and reverence throughout your time on earth for you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation it was not a ransom payment of silver and gold which eventually perishes but the precious blood of christ who like a spotless unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us this was part of god's plan for he was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid but he was made manifest in these last days for you it is through him that you now believe in god who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that you would fasten your faith and hope in god alone when i say complete he created us complete and then when we came into this world we had sin sin marred and broke us and us you know given us this guilt and shame and this um, heavy burden that we have in ourselves and that's why with the the verse that i read earlier on where god saying hey my 
yoke is easy and my burden is light that's what he's calling us he's saying share it with me and that's why he came into this world the season of lent is where we see jesus walking on the face of the earth and he said hey this is me in uh in the physical here with you and he laid down his life just for us and the price that he paid is complete there's no more ransom that has to be paid he was a perfect sacrifice and he died on our behalf so today our value that we actually get from god is consistent it's till we close our eyes here on earth and we see him it will be that consistent the value of it won't change and it's complete it's paid once and for all and so today even as we walk on this narrow road church my heart and my prayer right now is that we all would say god we want to be vulnerable so that we can trust in you alone and we are valuable because of you in our lives it's interesting that uh, many a times we uh, how do we treat god is very important and uh, my youngest son um uh, especially when he sits amongst us wouldn't uh, you know even if there's an empty chair he won't um he won't just go and sit on that you know he'll he'll come so close and uh, he'll literally be you know sitting on you without asking if he can sit on you you know and that's how close he 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 just wants to be so close and it when even as i was preparing i was reminded god was saying can you be that close to me would you just come and just fall on me would you just come and you know rely uh, on me like that and so today even as you are walking this journey if you have doubts if you're doubtful in your walk with god honestly can you just open your hearts and just say god i doubt this very thing about you right now reveal yourself if you're struggling with something that you've been burdened by guilt burdened by shame which satan time and again uses us to push us down to push us to the ground and you know make us feel like nothing make us feel that we are not valued god's right here to say you know what i value you probably you're going through some form of a sickness right now that you're struggling with internally privately and you're saying god i didn't sign up for this but god's telling you hey in the midst of your suffering in the midst of your sickness i want you to understand that your influence will be impactful today you have many authors writing books not from a place of them achieving it all or anything the minute you start reading their books or the minute you start hearing their stories you'll see that the god that they're proclaiming is was was because they had a lack they had a struggle they had something that was life threatening and jesus came along with them and so in the form of telling their story out loud in the form of declaring it out loud they are telling that jesus is the only solution and church today i would love if all of us can just lay put down our guards you know as it says being vulnerable can we come before god and say god here i am exposing myself with all the doubt with all the with all the uh, with all the places which i struggle to show anyone else i'm here showing it to you lord jesus because i know you won't judge me and i know that you've already redeemed me lord jesus and i want to experience that and even as we journey on in this 
Christian life, can we learn to enjoy this unforced rhythm of grace? So that at a point of time when we start following him day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, it will be something that we cannot live without. So church, even as we step into this week, can we step out knowing that we are valued? Can we step out knowing that uh, even as we are vulnerable, that we will trust God alone? That even as we journey along this way, that it will be a way that will be one of impactful influence. God is with us. Don't give up hope. And even in this season of Lent, let's draw closer to God. Let's take that extra effort to hear His voice. Let's take that extra time to read His word more, to dwell on it more, to see what He has to say for us. Not just for us, and it'll extend into your family and into each and every person that you really love and care about. Because God wants to do something new. God wants to do something amazing. And even as you trust in this God, remember that He is consistent and He's a constant God. He's always there for you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.